2: Oh my goodness!
1: It's only preseason, but I'm high Neil Fox! Jimmy G oh Buckets gets buckets! Oh my goodness! Give me the hot sauce! Neil Fox! Give me the hot sauce! What are you doing, Dragons? Did you not get the memo?
3: Derek Bones can go upstairs! Whoa. This is episode 89. We've got product placement everywhere. If you're watching on Twitch or on YouTube, our great sponsors at Angel Water providing us with some nice cold beverages and uh Stacy and Tim are trying something else. And Stacy, you want to do the introductions. We've got a special guest for all of you watching on YouTube and the Twitch feed.
1: Well, you know what, Twitch, Bulls Nation, America. It's good to be back, first of all. Mark, I missed you guys. Okay. That's hey, we miss you too. That's the first thing should have been said out of your mouth is welcome back. Okay, I see where the love is. I just like, well, he didn't mention I'm just, my name, I'm so I thought an the love. <laughs> I'm just an old boot, America. I was at home for the last two weeks rep- uh, repairing my hip, and I come back and no one missed me. And then I get next to this guy, Timmy Whispers, right here to my left. He wasn't here uh, last week either. No, he wasn't here. He hasn't been here all year.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm up to 22 words wh- 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 so far this year. And so, You've already set a
1: record. Yeah, he's already set it. And listen, I have not seen Timmy Whispers this animated all season long. Okay, so today we got a special guest. I have my son, Eric. My oldest son is sitting in, and uh, he's uh, just going to observe and occasionally say something. And if he doesn't say anything stupid, I we'll have to get that dog collar and shock him. You know, he's already got it in his pocket. So if he does anything that I don't like, I'm just going to shock him. and He wow. knows he did something wrong. So Eric, say hello to the, to America.
2: Hey, America. Glad to be here. Got three-hour notice, so. Uh. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll okay. help him
1: out okay. over here. Okay, first of all, first of all, <laughs> who, whose kid to... is that?
2: Okay. <laughs> you get a personality, man.
1: You're like, this is like a loaf of white bread. Come on. Um, You're king. Get, get excited. I'll, I'll warm up. I'll warm up. All right. Thank you. You must be on your mother's <laughs> side. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Woo. So, Eric, how tough
2: is it to take care of the dogs when Stacy gives you that duty? It's every day, every minute. Take the dogs out, and they're, they're sitting on the floor. Can we stand them? <laughs> no, you know, you don't, don't tell them what we're doing. Don't tell them what they're doing. Don't give yeah. me all the insight. Uh, they're not potty trained and, and stuff like that, so it's tough. But, you know, I'm used to it.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. It's work. Yeah.
1: Well, America, sounds like a personal problem, okay? <laughs> First of all, I will say this about my son, Eric. If it wouldn't been for him these last couple of weeks when I've been recovering from my hip surgery, he has been a trooper. He has done everything I've asked him to do. He's, he comes in, he helps, you know, he just does so many things that made my life a lot easier and has really helped my recovery.
0: So, Didn't you call him Nurse Ratchet last week, Mark?
3: Who
1: called Nurse Ratchet? I think
3: he was referring to somebody else.
1: Oh, Oh, my bad. First of all, don't try to come between me and my son, okay? All right. This is why the Beatles broke up, okay? There's always somebody. You're the Yoko owner of this group, all right? But he he does a great job, Mark. I'm not talking to Tim right now. I'm only addressing you, Mark. Uh, He does a great job, and and I tell you what, it had been really tough if he wouldn't have been there to help out. So kudos to you, Eric. Your check's in the mail. I I take that back. You're not getting paid, so uh, you're my son. It's free.
2: I'm here for the people.
1: Yeah, he's here Anytime. for the
2: people. So
3: is Kobe still trying to beat up on Brixton and eat his food and all that stuff?
2: <laughs> you know, Kobe's the alpha, but he kind of... You're talking it. to Mike. You're talking to Mike. Are you talking to <laughs> your beard? Who am, I, am I supposed <laughs> to be looking at the camera? No, no just, just look at us. Don't worry about like, the yeah, camera. Don't worry about us. the No, us. The Kobe's, Kobe's the alpha, but he takes it easy on uh, Brixton. That's but, good. Yeah. Brixton got his leg broken when he, when he was little, so... We remember yeah, that. He, he was a, in here with the cast. He, he hasn't been the same since then, so... <laughs> okay, okay. Cody, this is a five. sad moment
4: jesus way
1: to bring the mood of the show down here
4: <laughs> hey let's talk some basketball yeah. let's let's oh, move on bring it back up
3: bar come yeah, on hey the bulls finished summer league with a four and one record uh, we saw some good things along the way marco simonovich made the second team for the all-rookie team out in las vegas and he showed some growth. He put on 25 pounds of, of muscle. And I, I thought that he looked more comfortable with the ball, better passing out of the post. But the reality of it is you got Vucevic, you got Andre Drummond ahead of him. It looks like he's going to be spending a lot of time in the G League again this year.
1: Well, I mean, listen, I mean, it was very encouraging seeing him play in the summer league and seeing that he has improved. He's gotten bigger. He's, he was much more aggressive. It seemed like he realized like, hey, I'm better than some of these guys out here. And you can tell, um, I think the biggest problem with Marco is, is he's gonna have to to get the coaches' trust. You know, Billy's gonna have to he's gonna have to work hard in training camp. He's gonna have to play really well in the preseason because that's the time you really don't play your veterans a lot during the preseason. Um, it's hard to gauge how how good he actually is going to be because he was in a summer league with you know first and second year <laughs> players. And, of course, he's going to be a little bit better than incoming rookies because this is year two for him. But now where the test for him is is can he put that together when the season starts, when he goes into the preseason, when he's battling against NBA talent, the guys who have been there three, four, five, six, seven years, and he's got to win the trust of the coaching staff. That's the number one thing. He can't get hurt, can't play soft, and he's got to come out there with a chip on his shoulder to show the coaches that, hey, I can play not only some some five, I can swing to play four because I'm versatile enough on the floor where I can, you know, pick and pop and shoot. If you want to go with a lineup, you bring him and Drummond in at the same time. Drummond's your rebounder, your tough guy, you know, your, your rim protector. Uh, I think Marco's got a chance to play, but it's going to be up to him. He's got to win it over, he's got to win the coaches over.
3: Yeah, watching Marco play in the G League, I call a bunch of his games and he thinks, <laughs> like a lot of seven photos, he thinks he's a guard. And a lot of times, he'll get that rebound. And he'll try to go behind the back and throw a no-look pass, and then you get in trouble. I think in, during the summer league, he kind of stayed in his lane. He shot some threes. He's got a decent shooting form. But I think when you're seven feet tall, use that to your advantage and don't try to be something you're not.
1: Well, Mark, this is the way the NBA is now. I mean, yeah. seven-footers now, yeah. are they want to be guards. They want to be wing players. They want to shoot three-point. I mean, look at Vooch. You know, Vuce used to be, you know, when his, in early part of his career, when he started in Philadelphia and then got traded to Orlando, he was one of the best back-to-the-basket guys in the NBA. And then with the game evolving into three-point shooting – the big guys are like dinosaurs. You know, you saw saw the meteorites come down and (laughs) you know, some of the dinosaurs gonna survive, some of them don't. And the way you survive is to change your game, change the mentality of the way you think. And he was one of the guys that were able to change the way he plays. And he became a very good three-point shooter for a big guy, very good three-point shooter. You look at a guy like Brook Lopez, who's always been a back to the basket guy, but had decent range from, you know, 15 to 18 feet. He had to expand his game to be effective. So um, I tell you what, man, I, I give I give Vooch a lot of credit. I think this year you're gonna get the best, best Vooch, you know, because it's a contract year. Um, you know, he's playing for this, probably his last big contract. And he, I think he recognizes that. I think his name's gonna come up in a lot of trade rumors, by, by the trade deadline. And if he's the reason why the Bulls are number one or two in the Eastern Conference, that's going to be hard for anybody to pull the trigger, you know, as far as the Bulls doing, pulling a trigger on a guy who now uh, this team is playing at a high level. They're, they're playing just as good as they did when they had all the players last year when they got off to a great start. It's going to be hard to, to as the front office saying, oh, we're going to move this guy for, you know, some draft picks. You might have taken a championship caliber guy off your team with the way he's playing
3: you mentioned the injury factor earlier, and there was an uh-oh moment in the last summer league game. Dale and Terry slipped on a wet spot, and he grabbed for his knee, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. We're not going to have another major knee injury. Turned out it was just a hamstring strain. They held him out the rest of the game. The reports a couple days afterwards are right, he's fine. He's already back working out. But i tell you what, for a second there, I'm thinking, don't tell me we're going to have another serious injury. Well, Mark,
1: <clears throat> let me just say this. America. We were looking for the voodoo person again because we thought we thought we Where had we thought we had got the voodoo person who was putting all the bad luck on the Bulls. We thought we'd taken care of him at the end of the year, and so all of a sudden now I don't know somebody else grabbed the voodoo doll, and I saw that same thing, and I was like, "Come on, man! Yeah, come on, man!" And yeah. the thing about him is, is that you know we talked about this. Mark is like, yeah, he he played really well towards the end of summer league because I think he realized like these guys are going to come at you no matter what. So you got to just play within yourself and do the things that you're comfortable and capable of doing. The kid's got great size, six foot seven, seven foot one wingspan. He can play the one, two, or three. Um, so that makes him that much more valuable to the Bulls. Um, and I think once he slowed down a little bit and stopped pressing, because a lot of times you, I was there too. I was the same way. When you're at summer league and you watch a kid that got drafted, same class as you, put up 25 and you only got nine or 10, that puts a little pressure on you. So I think he was scoreboard watching, and that's the reason why I think you saw him kind of play a little bit out of control early, but at the end, he started to show why he was a first-round pick.
3: Yeah, he was much better in games three and four. He cut down his turnovers. He went to the basket. He got to the free-throw line. You saw a lot of things that why the front office was encouraged in taking Dale and Terry number one. Whispers, what was your favorite moment from Summer League?
0: Well, just the rankings, the fact that he was number 11 in ESPN's top 20.
3: Wow, he did his research. year. I'm impressed.
1: Yeah. I didn't even know if he was awake. <laughs> was like, hey, like, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times the Bulls, you didn't well, know when they were playing. Well, like they, you, you had to really like search yeah. the, you yeah, know. Yeah, but
0: some of the guys ahead of him on that list only played one game. And so if you look at then the content, where does he really sit in there? Could he be number six, number five?
3: And he's not going to be a scorer initially. I mean, his his purpose is to play defense mm-hmm. and, and play limited minutes. Remember when Jimmy Butler got here under Tibbs, he didn't play at all his rookie year. So Dale and Terry will get some minutes, but he's not hey, going to be a key Let me tell you that.
1: something hey you saw those kids last year uh, Jones kid from New Orleans uh, you know all these kids who came in that got minutes that weren't expected to get minutes if this kid comes out there and has the mindset of I'm not out there to score what I'm out there to do is play defense uh, knock down timely shots push the ball in transition move without the basketball he can find himself in the rotation it's the same thing that we saw with Io io didn't play a lot in the preseason everybody was like why is he not playing why is he not playing well the bulls were heavy at the guard position and it took a couple of times where you know when the regular season started and and you know billy knows what kind of defensive player io was and then you start saying okay we're getting killed at the top of the circle let's put this kid in and then once io got into the lineup he knew defense was going to be his calling card and he focused on that and that's how he got in the lineup and i see the same thing with terry because I think he's going to be in a little bit better position than IO was because of the simple fact he can play three positions. It's not just he's a point guard. He can play the one, two, or three. So that makes him a little bit more valuable than IO was last year going into his rookie year. Not taking anything away from IO. IO made the second all second team all rookie. And we all know IO was a first round talent. But this kid was a first round a draft pick. He He's six foot seven. He's not six two. He's six foot seven legit. Seven one, seven two wingspan. And he plays multiple positions. So he is that much more valuable, per se, than what Iowa was last year before he started getting off. You know,
3: I think might get a chance to get, earn some minutes in camp is Justin Lewis, the kid that they signed after the draft. He looked really good in summer league. He's got an NBA body. He's ready to go. He signed to a two-way contract, which means he can only play a maximum of 50 NBA games. But there's no, no law that says you can't convert that to a standard deal if, if he shows in the preseason that he can be a part of the rotation. Well,
1: you know what? The one thing I liked about him, Mark, he just goes about his business. You know, he doesn't go out he's not flashy, you know, he's not beating his chest, he's not doing any of that stuff. He's going out there and he understands I got to play. I'm going to be a two-way player. He has the ability to be a nice player in this league, you know, not just a not just a like, you know, a fringe role player. A guy that's making a contribution to a winning team. You know, he makes winning plays, he rebounds the basketball, he's tough-minded. He plays under control, plays at his own pace. Uh, He doesn't back down from challenges. I saw him guard a couple of guys out there that were, you know, first round talents last year and, and you saw him get over screens, he fought over screens. And those are the things that a coaching staff looks for when you're looking at young players, you know, because a lot of times these guys come in this league mark and they're, they're more offensive minded, you know, they're ready to play offensively in the NBA game, but defensively, they're not able to play at all. And that's why you see a lot of guys not getting a lot of minutes unless their team is down by a lot of points. And this is why IO got to play. This is why guys like Taj Gibson got to play his rookie year. Uh, you know, second round pick comes out there. He's defensive ready to play Jimmy Butler even though he only played eight minutes a game his rookie year, he was a guy that you said you can put him out there. He's NBA-ready to play defensively. And I think that's how guys like Lewis and and you know and, and Terry, they're going to have an opportunity because they're defensive-ready, NBA defensive-ready.
3: If you're a regular listener of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast, and really why aren't you if you're not, make sure to what? like and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Stacy always gets the best guests. He's got all the connections around the league. We had Zach Lowe on during the season. and yes. He had a lot of things to say about the Bulls, some very complimentary things. Well, Zach, in his latest podcast, which came out a couple of days ago, the Low Post podcast, he had Chicago-based Chris Herring on to talk about the Bulls. And Zach wasn't real positive about the Bulls offseason. He thought that after the Bulls finished sixth in the East last year, did a lot of great things. He thought they'd be really aggressive and trying to go out. And spend some money and try to improve their depth as you can see if you're watching on twitch or youtube there's some one of the quotes uh said the bulls are a lukewarm team outside of the discourse of among the contenders in the eastern conference he felt like the bulls had a golden opportunity to make some big moves during the offseason now they didn't have cap space but he thought maybe you could make a trade bring in a guy that could really help you with your bench and he, he felt like the bulls missed an opportunity to keep themselves among the top four or five teams in the East.
1: Well, I I think his point was basically with the way this team jailed so early last year, and they were one of the top teams all the way up till probably 65 games into the season when the injuries and the sicknesses started taking control. And then the year that DeMar DeRozan had, you know, Zach Levine, two all-stars, you know, and then figuring that you're going to get Lonzo Ball back healthy this year. Okay. Then you go out and get drumming, you get drag you got an opportunity to, to be better. But I think what he was saying is like, Hey, you're right there. You know, the East is not scary, you know, go out and spend some money, put, put a team together that at least, you can say has an opportunity to win. And that's one thing about when you start, you know, listening to like I respect Zach Lowe. Oh, absolutely, I, I, yeah. he's one of the yeah. few guys that I listen to. That I I listen to him religiously because he knows what he's talking about. But there are some other guys out there, you know, Bleacher Report, um, some other people, <laughs> you know, that um, that I, I don't really I don't really think they know what they're talking about. I mean, when you when you can rank the Bulls 18th, you know, in all the teams coming back this year, it's 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 a shame. But back to Zach's point. When you start looking at the top seven or eight nine teams in the league that are over the cap, every one of those teams are going to have a chance to and this is what he was saying every one of those teams are over the cap are going to have a chance to win a championship the Clippers, Golden State, uh, Boston, uh, there's a whole handful of those teams and maybe and even uh, one of the teams that's left out of there that's under the cap was, uh, was Memphis. And Memphis has a chance to win just off base off of talent. And they didn't have to spend a lot of money cause they got a lot of their guys still in the rookie contract. So they, they're not on there yet, but in another year or so, you're going to see the Memphis Grizzlies right up there with those teams trying to overspend to win a championship. So um, I, I understand where he's coming from. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's like, okay, what moves do you make? Like, I mean, you know, we're, this team is not in position because we don't really have a lot of assets. So, that means you're going to have to get rid of guys on your team to, go, to even be in the conversation to get uh, a guy like Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. There's really not a lot of play out there. I mean, you, you, you make a deal with L.A. to get, you know, to bring Russell Westbrook. How does that help the Bulls? You know, right. So there's really and I understand where he's coming from, Mark, but there's really not. There wasn't really a knot of opportunity for the Bulls to really overspend. So why? Why overspend? when you're not going to get quality back, and then you're going, you're basically getting rid of half your team. Because in order to get Kevin Durant, you're going to have to put DeMar DeRozan in the package. You're going to have to put Patrick Williams in the package. Uh, maybe even Zach Levine, I mean, to match up the money. So we lose everybody and get one player. Now we're right back into that same position right now as we're rebuilding.
3: One point I thought was really good that, that he and Chris Herring made is the fact that the Bulls made all these moves. They traded two first-round picks and Wendell Carter to bring in Vooch. They traded a first-round draft pick to the San Antonio Spurs to bring in DeRozan, and the window is kind of small because both Vooch and DeRozan are in their 30s, and the point that that Zach and and Chris Herring made was that, okay, so you trade all these draft picks to bring in these veterans, and your window, as you mentioned, Vooch is in a contract year. DeRozan's got two more years left, so your window could be two years, you know. and you gave up all these assets, and I think that's why he felt like if you're going to go that far push all your chips to the center and and bring in a guy who can really make an impact.
1: But even though Mark, I mean, you're still going to have to, you're going to have to gut your roster to be able to get that kind of player. That's going to make a difference. I mean, Kevin Durant's not coming for free. You can't change. You can't trade a bag of Doritos, a year supply of Doritos for him. You're going to have to give up Patrick Williams. You're going to have to either throw in Zach Levine or DeRozan in that package. You may have to give up, I.O. the sumo. You may have to give up a lot of different things, maybe even some first round picks to get him. Future first round picks to be able to get him. Then you find yourself in a situation again where you're in a rebuild, and then the star player that you bring here is like, well, dang, I was I was on a better team in Brooklyn, you know. So now I want to be now I want to be traded, you know. So at the end of the day, when you look at the moves that they made to get to where they are right now, they put all their chips in. They they went out and got Voos. They went out and did what they could to get Demar DeRozan. They went out and got all-star caliber players back, maybe in people's eyes, a year or two too soon. You know, maybe maybe a year too soon, two years too soon. But they did that. They did that, you know, to get those guys. So, you know, kudos to them. You, they can't do it every year. <laughs> That's just the way it is.
3: They only spent a fraction of their mid-level, though, to bring drugs. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, To stay under the tax.
1: Yeah, you know, listen, that was, that, I don't understand that move because I, I think there was, a, they had that. Uh, Tice uh, trade exception trade exception used, yeah. it, it, it that inspired. was five million dollars and you know they they were trying to get Bamba they were trying to get all these young players and you know for whatever reason those guys went elsewhere you know we
3: see a move they could make you know Indiana's blowing their thing up trying to get Buddy Heal in here a shooter off the bench I know he's making a lot of money but but those are the kind of moves that teams that are really trying to win a championship you bring in a guy who can be a, a dynamite sixth man who could really make a difference on your squad
1: but what at what cost you know what What would a Buddy Hill? What would take, you know, Indiana to make a trade for a guy like Buddy Hill with the Bulls? What could we offer them, without giving up something that we believe is is important for us to win? You know what I'm saying? So you you got to match
3: up. It would have to be like Kobe White, the Portland pick, and something else to match. Yeah, and
1: and then you got to ask yourself. Then I mean, you know, yeah, Buddy Hill is a great three point shooter, one of the best in the game. You know. That helps us. And he's from Oklahoma. Yeah, he's from
4: Oklahoma. <laughs> and a former guest. Yes, and he's a former guest. That's right. Yeah, and he didn't get his hot sauce. I just want to throw that out there. And that's not my fault. It's the hot, hot sauce, sauce packer. packer. <laughs> the hot sauce packer
1: didn't do his job. He's not packing enough back there, baby. Wow. Wow. Okay. We... All right, so, get
3: on the tracking number. See, Eric, that's see? the kind I of no stuff idea. you got to add, that wow thing. Wow. That's That yeah. really really adds yeah. a lot to the show. That's all, all I, I have. Hot sauce is good, though. Yeah. <laughs> Thank there you clear. go. Yeah, testimonial.
4: Wait, wait a minute, what? I didn't hear the, we have a testimonial? What, what, what did you say about the hot sauce, yeah, son? The level three ones
2: are my favorite. And is, even, pac- is like it packed?
0: Is well? it packed well? No, was yours packed well? No. Did broken. you
3: get
2: a man card <laughs> and a
3: sticker?
4: <laughs> so you like you like
1: you like the original red? Or the level three, or whatever. The
2: non-spicy one. Okay. It's still spicy, okay.
4: but.
1: Yeah, he liked he, he likes the original red sauce, uh, America. And uh, I'm gonna tell you right now, it is on fire. It is. <laughs> I've heard from I've heard some Ari Spears. Ari Spears has asked me and Tim to ship him in
0: a patent leather box.
1: Yeah, in a patent leather box and a whip. <laughs> I didn't know what the whip was for, but hey, if that's, that's what a whole t- different
0: conversation.
1: Whole, it's it's no, a, none uh, of my business. Kendra Lessing,
0: <laughs> what? Another former we were
1: guest. We're dropping all kinds of names of former guests. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Oh wow! Oh, Come like on like, like, Come on like you don't
4: know. Like you don't
1: know. <laughs> He's one of the main people asking about when is she coming back on? Do you have Do you have what? access to her only her OnlyFans channel? You know, if you go back over the library of
3: uh, <laughs> Give Me the Hot Sauce episodes, that's the one that continues to grow every week. Oh,
1: Mama. Just like Tim, yeah, Tim. Tim continues to grow, not in the right areas, America. Just like
4: whispers, gotta yeah, be careful with that. <laughs> hey,
3: buddy, what's going on down there? Hey, buddy? we got Jalen Brunson waiting in the uh, Sriracha oh, yeah. waiting room. Oh, but before we bring Jalen in, we'll, let's quickly talk about the Central Division because oh, yes. you look at the Pistons getting Jaden Ivey, uh, Cleveland added Ochai Abaji from Kansas, who you know was the most outstanding player in the NCAA tournament. There's some young teams that are on the rise, and so people are wondering, can the Bulls stay in the top six? Well, they get them teams nipping at their heels in their own division? Well,
1: listen, the Central Division is going to be a beast. Okay, Milwaukee's Milwaukee. The Bulls finished second last year. Those are going to be your two top teams. Cleveland was right under the Bulls, nipping at their heels. No one expected either the Bulls or Cleveland to be in that situation yeah, anyway. Yeah. Okay, the, it, the only team that really that everybody expected was Milwaukee. And after that, everybody else was under five hundred, not even a factor. But Cleveland, the Bulls got off to such a great start. Remember in the preseason when the Bulls beat uh, Cleveland by about 40? yeah, And everybody's game, like, yeah. you know, it's the first game of the year. They, they killed them. And then all of a sudden, Cleveland's one of the best teams in the league. They As long as Darius Garland is there and they just signed Ricky Rubio, um, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Kevin love, but he has to be back. Cause I thought Kevin love played a great role coming off the bench for them. Um, but they're going to be a team to watch the bulls, Milwaukee and the Cleveland are the top three teams. The other teams in the central division, um, you know, Detroit's Detroit, going to be fun to watch. Detroit, Detroit with in, Ivy and yes, Kate Cunningham Detroit in about three years. If they're patient with Dwayne Casey and allow him to teach these kids and get them to play in the way they need to play. They're going to be scary. <laughs>
3: They'll be good.
1: And then Indiana's Indiana.
3: Indiana. Well, they're looking to blow it up, and, and you yeah. might be able to get a guy from that team. You know, Miles Turner still could be traded. Yeah, uh, they're, they're they're a team that's looking to sell off, and and yeah. I'll be fascinated to see where Buddy Heel winds up. I don't think he's going to start the season. Well, let yet. me just
1: tell you this, America. If they're having a garage sale up in Indianapolis, we need to be there. The Bulls right. need to be up there. There's some pieces, if they have, yeah. Yeah, if, they, if they're selling, buy one, get two free, we need to be up there. Because uh, I'm going to tell you right now, the Lakers are, are really pushing to try to get Buddy Heald. Yeah, they are. You know, I don't know what they have to give up. I mean, every, every time you hear a trade rumor, you know, it's almost like they're trying to give Russell Westbrook away. Listen, they're, they're telling teams, you know, Rob Palinka is telling teams, listen, we'll buy, we'll take 95% of his contract, just take him. And the team's like... Yeah. But we'll still have to play 5% of it. Yeah, no. but
3: those guys got together on the phone. They smoothed it over. They're good. Right. LeBron and AD and no, Westbrook. No, no. Not buying that. Eh? No,
1: I don't. I think <laughs> I think Russell Westbrook's feelings have been hurt. Yeah. You know, um, I saw in the Drew League. Oh, speaking of the Drew League, America, did you not see DeMar DeRozan? Oh, that was nice. Just giving out buckets.
3: Yeah.
1: DeMar DeRozan was like, he was playing last year. He was like, I mean, he was. And then you had one guy that Patrick Beverly looked like.
3: The Patrick Patrick, Patrick Beverly wannabe. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Beverly in
4: 20 years. They look like somebody's dad out there with a dead body.
1: (laughs) He's out there trying to make a name for himself. He's out there trying to body up my boy Debo and got his butt handed to him. He gets clapping in his face, talking trash. And Debo, you know, Debo letting him know. He letting him know, this is my house. And you got to remember, it was in Compton. Yeah, so that's yeah, it. That's not that's not a that's not a good place to be trying to talk trash <laughs> to someone who was born and
3: raised in Compton's in the house. So yeah, it
1: was great seeing uh, Demar uh, play well, and he had and a pretty I, good
3: power forward on his team. Oh too. man,
1: man, I'll tell you what,
4: we
3: we,
1: we might need to we might need to, to test LeBron James, man. Seriously, LeBron James is like sixty years old running around like he's <laughs> twenty. Some of the thing, I'm, no, seriously, I'm I'm amazed because when you go back and look at the history of the NBA game. Okay? Yeah. As great as Kareem was, as great as Magic, Michael, uh, Larry Bird, those guys after a certain period of their career are on a decline. Okay? As much as you, you know, we hold Michael as the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Michael, towards the last two, three years of his career, especially in the Wizards uniform, was not the same Michael. Okay. You look at LeBron James, what is he? What is he, 34?
3: No, no, he's almost 38.
1: Oh! That even shines that even, that new light on the situation. <laughs> I mean, I unless, he, unless he got a, a year's supply of Geritol how in the world.
4: It, him TV and Tom 12. Brady. Him and Tom yeah, Brady. TV 12
1: Him and Tom Brady, I'm telling you, man, it just, it, 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 they're just blessed by God, yeah. or they're drinking some, some kind of TB12 <laughs> juice. So what but is that? Jordan,
0: Jordan missed seven games during his career? Without the foot, I'm yeah. going to eliminate yeah. that. And how many has LeBron taken a pass on?
3: Just been recently.
4: Yeah. yeah, he's been hurt a lot more recently.
0: No, but time management. I'm talking about that, not from being hurt. If you eliminate, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, it was a huge. MJ
3: wouldn't in there. sit out. For no, them, no, that. no.
1: But, but I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, America. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. All I'm saying is just, it's almost to me after seeing all these players and playing against all these guys and seeing. I came in with Larry Bird's last year and and McHale, They could barely walk. Like seriously, they were so much in pain—backs, knees. Um, and to see LeBron James be doing this, getting close to forty, you know, out flying, jumping, it's like, how, like how are you physically able to do that? Now, granted, he spends two million dollars a year Peptides. on on you know massages and and the and the and his nutritionists and all his own personal people. I give him credit, but to see him doing what he's doing at this age, and then still holding on to his son comes in. His yeah. son. I think oh, he'll his son, he'll play. Yeah, with he's going to play with his yeah, son. there's no question. And so whoever drafts his son. And there's going to be a whole suit of people. (laughs) He he may not even be a lottery pick. They they may have him rated number 35, but he will be the number one pick. The number one pick is Bronny James. (laughs) And we just found out, wait a minute, the Lakers have just traded LeBron to wherever (laughs) to play with Bronny. Yeah,
3: yeah. that'll be a story. No question about it. If you're an NBA executive, though, you're watching that Drew League tape, and they were in a junior high gym, and the fans are right up against the end line. I'm like, oh, my God. If somebody gets hurt, though, flying into the crowd.
1: I'm telling you, though, that's how it used to be, Mark. That's how it used to be back in the day, man. When you played, you know, in summer league games, the fans are right up on your, you know, Yeah, but you land on somebody's foot. Hey, listen, if you land up on somebody's foot, you know, hey, this it happens, Mark. When you're a street ball player, that's <laughs> like how it Rucker is. Like Rucker Park, right? yeah. It's street ball, man. You don't you don't think of that, but NBA executives do. Oh yeah. They, you know, you come down somebody's foot and tear your knee up like that. And the Drew League should do something about that. To be honest with you, if you want you know star players to come, yeah. um, you do have to clear off the least the inline line so the people can run and jump and stuff because they're so big and powerful. I mean, there was a dunk LeBron did coming down the middle of the floor on, and one guy, this little white kid, like six, 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 seven. he made an executive decision to get the hell out of the way. As <laughs> soon as he jumped and as soon as he saw LeBron jump and then he just looked and he's like, this is not going to end well. Yeah. And he pulled them little arms down like a T-Rex and then just this of floated away out the picture. But he yeah. was in the poster, though. He was in the poster.
3: Well, one guy who didn't make it down to the Drew League was Jalen Brunson. He was busy signing a $106 money, money,
4: money, money.
3: million dollar contract with money. the New York Knicks, the pride of Stevenson High School. Jalen Brunson Patriot. joins us next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. But first, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, our buddy Jeff Vukovich. When it comes to insurance for your auto home and business, make sure to contact the king of insurance. That's Jeff Vukovich at JeffVuk.com jeffvuk.com and stacy you remember
1: nationwide is on your
4: <laughs> side Woo! Woo! he's
3: America. out of the house he's in good spirits <sighs> he's what got you, the angel water coursing through his
0: veins but we gotta ask Eve what he thinks of that
2: I'm used to it.
3: <laughs> I'm you know Family's what? always your toughest critic, Stace. You know what?
1: Listen, it's a long ride back home to <laughs> where we live. See, he's to be a little bit more supportive of his pops, okay? I'm giving him a time putting put him on the air right I now. I didn't
3: say you are bad. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Here's the
0: warm-ups in the shower.
3: Jalen Brunson, next.
4: Okay, I'll you're give me the you're, out. you're out. You're out.
3: You're done, Tim. You're done. <laughs> It is now our pleasure to welcome in a very special guest on Gimme the Hot Sauce. It is Jalen Brunson, who of course led Stevenson High School to a state championship, Illinois Mr. Basketball, won a couple of national titles at Villanova, and this past year helped the Dallas Mavericks reach the Western Conference Finals. Jalen, thank you for joining us. What has this last month been like for you? Last couple of months, actually, you had the fantastic series against Utah, you helped Dallas make it to the Western Conference Finals, and then free agency starts, and you get a, a very nice contract offer from the New York Knicks. Kind of summarize what the last couple of months have been like for you.
5: Um, they've been, it's been crazy. Uh, it's been uh, definitely a great problem to have. So, um, I mean, I'm really enjoying you know, going through this experience. Um, uh, just, it's been a lot, and I think the best part about it is that um, – Within all this, I haven't really changed as a person. I don't really plan on it. So um, I, like the, I like the way that uh, that feeling is um, keeping me humble and all, all the things like that. So um, it's been crazy, but, um, you know, I'm still me.
1: <laughs> talk a little bit, talk a little bit Jalen about how difficult a decision was to leave Dallas with especially be- you being obviously the second option and worked your way into that role and playing alongside Luca, How difficult was it to, lo- to leave that situation in free
4: agency?
5: Yeah, it was very difficult. Um, Dallas is a place um, where she took a chance on me, um, a place that's very uh, near and dear to my heart. And um, I could never really show my gratitude for how I feel about that, that city, that organization, that fan base. Um, uh, they really um, welcomed me with open arms. And um they really praised me when I was playing well and they really criticized me when I wasn't and they really kind of pushed me to play, you know, better consistently. And um it's uh it's it was a great, great four years. Something that I could never not now regret or kind of hold like any grudge or anything like that. It's just it was a a place that I mean I called home and a place I loved.
3: Jalen, obviously a lot of people look at the fact that uh, your dad, Rick Brunson, who played for the Bulls, was an assistant coach with Tom Thibodeau, is now on the New York staff as being a big part of your reason for wanting to come to the Knicks. But I'm sure your dad has always taught you to be your own man. How much of a link was there between your dad becoming an assistant coach and you decided to sign there?
5: Yeah, um, I mean, I've never had the um, opportunity to play for my dad on a team. My dad's basically been... Um, um, My mentor, like my trainer, uh the person who's coached me, uh, not within the team. And so um the fact that I have an opportunity like this is something that I, you know, I may never ever have again. And so um it's something that um I won't say it was a like a deciding factor, but uh it it definitely is a plus to know that my dad's gonna be there. Um a person who has helped me get to this point, a person who knows um, everything that I've been through. And has my most. Um, I mean, he cares about me. I mean, what father wouldn't care about his son? Like his number one priority. So, uh, um, it's an opportunity that I think it was um something that I just had to act on.
4: So,
1: take us a little bit back to the two two thousand eighteen draft coming out of Villanova. Now, you've had this successful high school career where you win a state championship. You go to Villanova, you play for one of the best coaches in college basketball, who, in my opinion, doesn't get the credit he deserves, but he's a – Jay Wright's a hell of a coach. And you win two national championships. You're the player of the year, consensus first team All-American, and the draft comes. And, you know, take us through that process when the draft was coming. What, where did you think you were going to be drafted? Did you think you are going to be a first-rounder? Did you think that, you know – you knew you were going to be a second rounder. I thought you were going to be a first rounder, just me personally. Yeah. But what were you going through at that time? And what was your thought process at that point?
5: Um, I truly didn't know. Um, I felt, I believed. Um, I believe I thought I was a first rounder. Um, but I, I just really didn't know where I was going um, to go. I treated that day um, like a normal day. I woke up and I went to the gym, got my work done. Um, just treated it like a normal day. Like it was, it was nothing. Cause I, I my mind was racing. So, um, as calm and collective as I may have showed or was, I really wasn't, <laughs> but, uh, um, I remember before, before we had, a, so I saw my draft party you now with a close family and friends back in New Jersey. Um, but before going to that, at some point during the day, I forget what time. My dad just kind of hints at, like, Dallas at 33. I kid you not. I was just like, oh, you yeah, know, okay. Like, I didn't work out for Dallas. I didn't didn't. Um, – they're at the Combine. I had a draft interview with them. It was our first draft interview, but I'm just thinking, like, there's, there's just no way. Like, no. And then, you know, it happened. Dallas at 33. So, uh, we kind of – he predicted – I don't know how he did that. It was pretty, pretty good. <laughs> uh, it was um, it's a, it's a cool story to have. But I mean, it was that whole night was uh, stressful. But um, the fact that I got chosen, the fact that I got a uh, an opportunity to um to go there, it kind of you know clearly you know jump started my career.
3: What was your rookie season like? Obviously, being a second-round pick, you come into camp with the Mavericks and you have to prove that uh, you deserve minutes in the NBA. And it was tough getting minutes in that first year. What was that process like for you in terms of winning the, over the coach's confidence and proving that you could be a big-time player in this league?
5: Yeah. Um, it's no different from any uh the situation I've been through. So um, it was just um, another day at the office, I guess. Uh, I always have had to. You know, show up and show out and prove myself again and again. Uh, it happened in high school. Um, no one really believed me. No one believed I should have been a freshman on varsity. Um, and no one believed I should have started or things like that. And then people soon got to realize that, all right, this kid's good. This kid deserves that. And they kept building and building and building to the point where God, you know, people were uh, respecting the things that I was doing on the court. And then um started all over again. Back at Villanova, I had to kind of you know build myself back up and um and not really within not really to the fans but to my teammates I just want to show them like like I belong like this is what I want to do like I, I want to be a part of something special but at the same time I'm I can be helpful and so I had to work my way back up and I did that and got to the point where people were thinking all right this guy like he deserves it he, he's proven himself and um so once I got to the NBA it's, just, it's literally the same exact thing um the exact same thing, and then it was no different. And so I just had to put my hard hat on and um, get to work.
1: One of, the, one of the things, you know, being a player in this league too and seeing how this league operates, it seems like over the last, probably say last 10, 15 years, teams undervalue guys that know how to play, high basketball IQ. They tend to go with the guy who's got the huge ceiling, the guy who mm-hmm. can jump out the gym, but they don't really look at like they used to about the guys, what what a guy has in his heart, the toughness, mm-hmm. the will to win, will do anything to win to help his teammates. And that's something I've always thought you had uh, from the time over at Steve's. I've known you since you was a kid, but every way up, <laughs> you've always had that same mentality that it's not about being sexy. It's about getting the job done.
5: Yeah. Um, I think that's uh, how my parents kind of raised me, you know, Basically, I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, flashy, it doesn't have to be like um loud and obnoxious and everyone doesn't need to know about it, but are you gonna get the job done? Um, that's just kind of how I was raised and um, I've kind of embodied that mindset ever since I could ever remember. Um, but like going back to like the whole you know, drafts like thing, like everyone wants that like, the the guy who's like flashy, everyone wants the guy with the high ceiling. That's literally why it's called the draft lottery. You're playing the lottery. You see, if you're gonna you not know, hit that lottery, like you're you're basically gambling on something. You don't know if it's gonna work or not, but you're it's taking a gamble. It's it's literally in the name, so it makes sense. But um, I mean, like I said before, I just I just I have to prove people wrong every single time, and um, it's just how I've been, and it's at some point, it's probably not gonna change. <laughs>
3: Jalen, you used to having the ball in your hands. Of course, you were a high-scoring star at Stevenson High School. We mentioned the two national championships at Villanova. You come to the Mavericks, and as I mentioned, you have to earn your minutes. And then Luca comes in as as the uh, high pick in the draft that, that everybody's talking about. What's it like playing alongside a guy like that? I mean, he, uh, he dominates the ball. At times, he'll take some questionable shots. And he loves to argue with the refs. There are times that you kind of look at it like, what the hell is going on here?
5: um well he's he's a definition of someone hitting the lottery you know so you can see mark in the organization hit the lottery on that one um luca is the, one of the best players this league has ever right. seen first and foremost um he's able to do things where um if he does take a questionable shot he's earned that right and he's earned that respect to do so and um a lot of people may say well like he doesn't have the respect of his teammates, or he does this, but you know, he has no help or whatever. Um, Luca is that good; like he, does, like he, ha- he's earned that right. He deserves it. And so, you know, playing with a person like that, with a, a lot of—I won't say pressure—it's not really pressure at all—but a lot of attention, um, a lot of notoriety that's on him. Um, it can be tough, but he, he deserves it, and it's a person that who I. Truly, became to like love as a guy. And, um, he was a great teammate. Now people may say he he wasn't, or he's he's selfish, or things like that. Like that kid wants to win, night in and night out. And um, watching him, you know, kind of lead and do things, it's um it's pretty special. know, you see the games, and he's doing stuff, and like we as a team, like we clap. We're like all right, cool. But everyone's like thinking, like it's this kid's going crazy. He does crazy things. Like we see it <laughs> every night. We're seeing this every night. Um, He deserves all of it, man. He's going to be a champion and MVP. He's going to do everything in this league that um, a lot of greats have done. And uh, he may surpass a lot of them, and he deserves it. And um, that's the type of uh, guy I think he is and player he is. And he will get to that point. Let's take us back to the Phoenix series.
1: No one gave you guys a chance to to beat Phoenix. You know, Phoenix was the team that was supposed to come out of the West uh, as the West represented in the finals. But one thing I took away when you you talk about Luca, I I even said it during tweets when watching that series. He's got that Larry Bird, Michael Jordan Mm -hmm. DNA where he's got killer. Mm -hmm. He's a killer. Like he'll rip your heart out and watch you let it beat before you hit the ground. And I thought Devin Booker really woke him up in that series with the the trash talking and the silliness Mm -hmm. that they were doing, the Phoenix Suns were doing. And I thought that turned the whole series around because I remember when y'all were walking off the floor and the cameras was following you and, and Luca made a comment. Yeah. Yeah. Talk now when you win or something, he said something like that.
5: And I'm like, Oh, what'd he he say? um, uh, He said, it's easy to talk trash, you know, three or two or something like that. Or something, it was something like that. It's easy. And I swear to God,
1: I I swear if I'm sitting here in line, I'm dying. I said, that's some MJ stuff. I said, they, (laughs) they, they blew it now. That kid's coming back and y'all won that series. And I, I call I call some dudes on our team. I say, dude, this is white boy MJ for
4: real. Like, <laughs> God has
1: created God has created another one, but he's white this mm-hmm. time. This kid is going to be, in my opinion, I think this kid's going to be a multiple MVP guy. He's going to win a championship before he's done. Because obviously, you played side by side. You enjoy playing with them, and he took your game as, as hard as you work. And 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 the player you made yourself out. Would you say he's made the game a little bit easier for your teammates?
5: A hundred percent. hundred percent. He, um, he made the game easy because he was such a gravitational pull whenever he was on the court. Um, whenever he, obviously when he had the ball, you know, all eyes are on him. Um, but when he was off the ball, like people were, like they're gravitating towards him. Like, I like Luca's over here. Like make sure you guys are like, know where Luca is. And that gave us lanes to drive. they gave us lanes to create. And, um, he, uh, he had, like he has such an impact on the court, whether he had the ball or not. And so, um, but yeah, like going back to that series, like you kind of, we were always like like you said, we we were not counted in to win that at all, like win that series at all. Um, but when it came to us believing in each other and doing the things that we know how to do, it it, it was easy. Um, obviously, we had some games we got blown out or whatever the score. It was it was up and down, whatever. But um, we believed in ourselves and walking into game seven. You now we knew that, um, I mean, the pressure was on them. You know, we we were walking and thinking, all right, we got this. We didn't think it was going to be a 50-point, 40-point <laughs> blowout. <laughs> but, I don't think anybody did. No, it, it was, but um, I mean, we knew we had the opportunity to win that game. Um, and uh, we just, we were right good to go from the moment the, the ball was thrown in the air.
3: Yeah, it was fantastic watching that game, and and now it's on to the Knicks and, and playing for Tom Thibodeau, who is a, an acquired taste at times. What, what did your dad tell you about playing for Tibbs, and what kind of advice has he offered you on on, uh, on being a good citizen for Coach Thibodeau?
5: Um, well, anything he said, I've already known. I got to see yep. Tibbs firsthand <laughs> uh, for um, a long time, and, um, I think uh, I think it, all the relationships I have you know, pre-existing walking into this, um, it just it felt comfortable, and so um, yes, Tib is a very you know, hard-nosed and direct coach, but um, that's how I was coached. That's how I was raised as um, a kid. My parents, my um, coach, for my father, um, a lot of the things that my dad does and says has came from you know, John Cheney, his mm-hmm. college coach. At Temple University and Coach Thibodeau. And um I just think that I, I I know I know what I'm getting myself into. I know it's not gonna be easy. Um it's gonna be a challenge. Uh but I think the best word about me is I've never backed down from a challenge. I've never um uh walked on a road and I uh, decided to turn back because it was too difficult. Um I'm walking down this road, I'm gonna finish and then, I'm going to figure out how to do it. And that's just how I am. And that's how my mindset is. And um, but walking down this road, I know that I have to be a proven player and be a proven winner. And uh, and this is the perfect situation where if I do win, a lot of things are going to go great. And um, I'm very excited to have an opportunity.
1: Talk a little bit about you've had an opportunity to play for a lot of good coaches, a lot of good mentors in your life, being growing up in the NBA game with your father and all the, the important people you've met. Talk a little bit about what it was like playing for Rick Carlisle, who's one of the top coaches in the league, and then getting Jason Kidd, who's arguably one of the best point guards. How was that experience for you?
5: Um, it was great. You now playing for Coach Carlisle, it was um, it was interesting because he uh, he was able to you know, give me a confidence um, when I was in the game, and was able to do things for me that. Uh, like jump started my career and jump started how I was going to play this game. And um, every year I got better and better. And now that's because of Coach Carlisle, that's because of the staff, and that was because of the opportunity that he gave me as well. Um, so, that, I mean, playing for Rick, it, it was great. He was an offensive guru. You know, he had so many things and so many ways to kind of um, put into a system and uh, put us in position to be successful. And, um, I can't thank him enough for that. And, uh, but playing for Jay Kidd, was special, truly special. And it was one um like you said, he's one arguably one of the best point guards I've ever play. Um, but too bad I, I always joke. I didn't really say it to his face too much, but he knows that my favorite player was Steve Steve Nash. But um, um that's that's all I'm gonna say about the match. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> um but he he was great. I, I love him. He uh he basically helped me get to this point. he helped me get to the opportunity to make a decision for myself and for my family. Um he um from from day one when I first met him when we walked into the uh the practice facility, when he was there, he said, number one on this list is that we gotta get you paid. And um I mean for me number one on the list is trying to help a team win. That's just number one on my list. But he said, yo, we're trying to get you paid. That's that's just how it is. That's I know this business and quite honestly, like that's that's what we need. That's what you need. And uh, we're not going to shy away from that. We're not going to just act like that's not an elephant in the room. We want to get you paid. And um, and so he put me in the position to elevate my game. And um, I think when he was uh, what he was doing was not only you know, giving me confidence, but giving my teammates confidence. And uh, my teammates put that confidence in me. And he, the way he was doing everything, the way that coaching staff kind of put us in positions where. We knew that we could fight and win games you know, when things weren't going well for us. Uh, it kind of just gave us a confidence that no, we can win any game, no matter how we're shooting, no matter what they're doing. no, we can win because we got each other, and uh, it's because of him. But he, he, he was great, and um, they they made the decision very difficult uh, because of what he was able to do for me this year. So um, I can't thank him enough, and he knows that.
3: Jalen, you're back in the Chicago area hosting a basketball camp, and you mentioned that you're going to be getting together with some of your old high school teammates at Stevenson.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: What's that like when you get back together with your boys? Obviously, you talk about the glory days and all the great accomplishments you had, but but I know your best friends always have a way of keeping you humble, no matter what kind of contract you sign, no matter how many points you score in a playoff game. Those guys know you best, and they keep you grounded, don't they?
5: Yeah, that's actually um, it's hilarious that you say that. So we have a group chat now all I me mean, um, like guys back here, so there's this award, Stacy You may know about this. There's an this award, long story short, in Stevenson. I have a lot of records and stuff, and like all states, or whatever. But there's this one award that I never won, it's called like the Big Gun Award. And so oh. like, <laughs> the other day we're talking, and he's like, Yeah, like I have something that Jalen you know, doesn't, like literally, right after everything, but like going down. He's like, yeah, we all have big gun awards, you know. Like, where, where's yours? Like, I'm like, I don't have a big gun award. He's like, yeah, no, you don't. And I, <laughs> I actually walked back today this week. You can see the board of all the big gun winners, and for sure, I do. Not, I am not on there. So I'm like, well, that's interesting. And so they 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 always uh, knock me down, back to size. Um, yeah, they. I I think having my friends around me like, to keep me you now humble is uh is a, a hell of a way to go. And sometimes it, it hurts, but I mean, it worked. <laughs> talk,
1: talk a little bit about Jay Wright. We, you know, we let our listeners know what was your experience with Jay Wright. Um, you know, he's a special coach and he stepped down this past season. And, you know, after all of the, the big East awards that he won, national championships, I mean, um, falling behind Roly Massimino was was some big shoes to feel and everybody is loves Roly Massimino in the Philadelphia area mm-hmm. but tell us a little bit about your experience paying playing for him and, and what he meant to you
5: he meant the world to me he meant the world to me um, he pushed me every single day um, he um, going to that school I knew I had opportunity to um, become a better player and uh, to be part of something special and win. And um, he never, like, on the recruiting visit, he said, yeah, Yo, you got to earn it. Like, I'm not giving you anything. You're not starting right away. Like, you got to earn all that. And I was, I was like, okay, like, I will. I will earn it. I will do whatever it takes. And we will get to the promise line somehow, some way. And, um, but it was it was never really about winning the national championship. It was just kind of being part of that culture that I knew that I was going to love for the rest of my life. I kind of, I told him I wanted a, a four, I didn't want a four-year commitment. I wanted a, like a 40-year commitment. I wanted this to be something that I, I lived for the rest of my life. Um, and he was able to make that happen. Um, he was, he was a very tough coach. Like everyone called, everyone sees um, pretty boy Jay, the GQJ with the suits <laughs> and all that stuff. And, uh, the stale face and always kind of calm and collected. Like he, He'll push you. Tell you that right now. He'll push you. He'll he'll, um, put you in your place and make sure that you're doing what you need to be doing. But then he's going to give you the confidence to go out there and be a killer. Like, he had that mindset of always laser-focused, just being on, like, just being in the zone from the moment the ball is... No, from the moment you step off the bus, like, you're laser-focused. And um, you're not letting anything deteriorate from off you, off your path. So uh, he was always the type of coach that's like, this has to be done this way and this way and this way. And if you do it this way, if you have these like core values and qualities uh, as in your mindset, then nothing's going to be able to stop us. And then if you all buy into that, um, we're going to win. And then honestly, once we won that first one, he even said the fact that I know that this works now, it's going to even be doubled down. Go forward. <laughs> so um, yeah, he was, he was great and someone who um, I'm waiting to get on the golf course soon. So he's been running for me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, you played on a couple different groups that won national titles at uh, Villanova. You had the veteran group when you first came in. Wasn't uh, Ryan Archie Giacchino on that first team? Yep,
5: and Ryan then, was a senior when I was a freshman.
3: Yeah, and then uh, then you were the leader on that second group with Mikael Bridges, who's really blown up in Phoenix as a big-time star. What was it like, the mm-hmm. contrast, winning the first one as a young guy and then being a leader on the second one?
5: It kind of brought things like full circle like Jalen you can like me talking to myself like hey you can be a part of something it doesn't have to be about you it doesn't have to you don't have to be that guy you can be a part of something I kind of played every single role <laughs> while I don't know I was um I was a complimentary role player to help No, you know I wasn't like the guy um I'm as a freshman but I was able to be a contributor and help win a national title, and then I kind of transition to being the leader and the captain, like sophomore to junior year, and so um, the fact that I was able to win in that scenario and to be able to lead a team to national championship as well, um, as a leader and a captain, um, you, know, you just you kind of learn how to do everything, and the fact that I won in both ways is it, it just it's special.
1: When you now that you, you know people expect now that you have a big contract. Uh, he's made it his his mentality will change i know it won't because i know your dad <laughs> will never let it happen uh your mom will never let it happen um no. but what part of your game you feel you still can get better at and and you can improve on
5: everything everything i think i go into every summer um um wanting to be consistent in everything um like how can i be even more consistent you now how I be more efficient um so i'm working on everything i'm not trying to work on just one thing and then just try and dominate the entire thing the entire summer um working off catch and shoots uh off the dribble um shooting off the dribble um uh, like finishing you know the in between game you know with floaters and mid range and that's the, i mean obviously that's the part that i'm best at and like that the most comfortable at and I'm um, and able to kind of try and bring it back to basketball. But um, I'm, I mean, I just I just want to be the best, consistent, and efficient player I can be, night in and night out. So I'm working on everything. And um, I know it sounds like a broad statement, but literally, there's nothing like, I sincerely focus on. Like, I mean, there's days I'm like, right, I want to do this, but it's not like I'm hammering at that every single day. Um, I mean, I am, but that's not the only thing I'm hammering at. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. So I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to be as consistent and efficient as I can, and be better than I was the year before.
1: I, I think the one thing that catches people off guard about you is your size, first of all, and the way you're able to take mm-hmm. guards, no matter how, if they're bigger than you, same size, <laughs> you, it's a mouse in the house, free cheese. I'm backing you down, it ain't nothing <laughs> you can do about it. And when you see, like, you go up, post it up. Bridges, who's six foot six or something, and you're just working them in the post like a large one. I think people are caught off how strong you actually are and how you actually have a post game.
5: Yeah, um, I mean i take I take pride in being able to um, you know be physical, um, because this this game is is not as I mean you probably you probably definitely say this, but this game is not as physical as it used to be. And so um, I think if I can use my physicality. Um, it can definitely um create for myself and others. Um, yeah, but Mikhail is definitely not gonna like the fact that you just said I was bullying him in the post. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> um, and hopefully he never sees this, but uh, <laughs> but, uh he's <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave that like that.
3: But so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jalen, your work ethic is taking you to great places in the league. You're already just a young guy in the NBA, and now you're taking on the uh. The mantle of the point guard leader for the New York Knicks. Uh, we wish you all the best in New York. Please give our best to your dad, and we look forward to seeing you coming into Chicago a couple times every year now with the Knicks instead of just once with Dallas. Congratulations on all your success, and thanks for joining us. Like, give me the hot sauce. Hey, next time you come you, to hey, town, man. you
5: come into the studio. There you go. No,
3: for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Come yeah in and sit next
5: to me, boy. I'm here. <laughs> I got you. I appreciate y'all and thank you so much. And we'll, we'll,
3: we're gonna hand you an honorary gun award. We I know we can't change it in the mantle, but yeah. but you yeah, got no, it. You got, you got, got it from us. Awards.
5: All right. <laughs> a- oh, Coach Ambrose, uh, I told him that last night. He's like, right, I'll make one for you so you can the eagle won't be too hit. And I was like, all right, yeah. All right, now it's, Tell him to give you the bigger guy. gun,
4: the bigger gun award. <laughs> the bigger you got the biggest gun.
3: <laughs> and Stacy will have oh, some man. of his uh, signature hot sauces heading your way too.
5: Oh yeah, oh, yeah I need <laughs> that. I need that. Jalen Brunson, guys,
3: our special guest, on "Give Me the Hot Sauce." Thanks again for joining us. Hi,
5: right, JB. Tell your pops, I said what's up. Yeah, I got you. Thank you.
3: Episode eighty-nine to "Give Me the Hot Sauce" rolls on. A great talking to Jalen Brunson, as we mentioned, the pride of Stevenson High School. And his buddies wouldn't let him forget that he didn't win that that special uh, hustle award that they had out there. Yeah, the big gun award, man, yeah. that's
1: huge. That's huge. Anybody who wins that award, man, that's like a Hall of Fame type situation there. And it's really surprising that he did not win that award because, yeah. I mean, you know, you go back and look at his high school career, we were just talking about it, is that the fact that he took Stevenson to high school to three state finals, they finished third, second, and they won the national, I mean, they won the high school championship yeah. in uh, 2015, I think. And uh, and then two national championships in Villanova, the kid's a winner. That's why it's really surprised me that he went so low in the draft at mm-hmm. 33, but it worked out well because these are the stories that you hear about. These guys who get drafted late, who end up being really great players and then they capitalize on it because when you're a second round pick mark, you're not regulated with a rookie salary cap. Right. So when you're when your rookie deal's over, you can sign way more than what an average first rounder will and sign. And
3: that's the problem pick. with Iowa, because I only signed a two year deal. The Bulls are gonna have to pony up if they want to keep exactly.
1: it. Exactly. So there's some perks being a second yeah. rounder.
3: Yeah. And the funny thing too is you know this when you go back to Oklahoma. Your boys will always keep you humble oh, yeah. you know he was talking about the fact that he gets together with his guys and and they they give him all kinds of crap that's just the those are the best times looking back on your high school days
1: yeah that is i mean those guys keep you you know keep the air from going into the balloon um he also you know his parents are super like mm-hmm. they are they will never let him get his head too big he is yes sir no sir i've known him since he's probably 10 years old and he always dresses me as you know yes sir no sir and I'm like, man, this company states make me sound too old. <laughs> you know? And that, but that's that's the kind of kid he is. And I just hope he really does well in New York. I know it's so tough. The expectations are gonna be so high for him. Yeah. And you know how New York is. I mean, if, if you don't play to a certain level, the team's not winning. Uh, they'll boo you, you know, and, and he's a tough yeah, kid. It's not be easy. He's a tough kid. He played in Philadelphia for Villanova. He's not gonna, it's not gonna phase him any bit. His dad's there, he's got a good support group there. Leon Rose was his agent before he went into uh, management. Since Tibbs have known him since he was a little kid. So there, there's a good support group there for him to play. My biggest thing, Mark, is how did he play with Julius Randle? You know, because that's the guy who handles the ball, takes the ball out of the point guard. What if hand. they get
3: Donovan Mitchell? They'd be fighting uh, for the ball.
4: I'm telling
1: you right now.
3: Stealing it. Oh, uh, yeah. they be playing
1: one-on-one defense coming over half court. Aren't they
3: on the same team? Yeah, that could be ugly. Does uh,
0: does that stat go on the uh, stat sheet if you steal it from your
3: own teammate? No, I don't think so. Guy's <laughs> trying for the triple-double, shooting the ball at the yeah. wrong basket. The and wrong, the wrong rebound. Basket. Yeah. yeah, we've seen that. Ricky Davis tried that back yes, in the day. Yes. Hey, if you're looking at, uh, watching us on Twitch or on YouTube and you see that good-looking guy that's not Whispers, uh, that's <laughs> Eric <laughs> King on the end. Oh, and we're, we're going to talk work, about Eric. We're going to put him to work. Yes, we, you know, yeah. the apple doesn't, we fall, to, the apple doesn't
1: fall far from the tree. So we're going to let him read the, give me the hot
2: sauce, read America. Did you hear that, Eric? There's two yeah. looking, two good-looking good guys you here. Get, you can get the great hot sauce you see behind us. <laughs> is this a Verde, or how do you guys pronounce this? The St. Pat's. Verde. 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 Am I on? You're on. Yeah, the light's on you, son. The yeah. spotlight's yeah, been on right. you. Come on, man. <laughs> all right, trying to score the best hot sauce in the game. Well, listen up. <laughs> Come on, man. (laughs) Well, listen up, because we have a variety of flavors that will bring some spice into your life. That's right. Gimme the Hot Sauce has the best small batch organic sauces for your kitchen. Oh, he's doing great. He's doing great. great. (sighs) Whether it's (sighs) Chicago-style red sauce with a garlic twist, fan favorite, St. Pat's Verde, our spicy, and Sweet King's K. No, q q it's q <laughs> our spicy and sweet king's q <laughs> or the hottest of the bunch chicago fire 1871 that's too hot for me use code hot sauce oh, 21 get 20 off your first order <laughs> hey, Just, hey if they want heisty, spicy sauce they will go after that one yeah. oh my, so spicy absolutely okay hey america give me the hot hey, sauce america hey, america this is my son i we love him to death we could, uh, we
1: could I, do i love him cut. to death i love him to death like you know but he's fired <laughs> yeah, He's fired <laughs> You can't give it 1871. It's too hot for me. Wait, it just cost us some sales? You man. know, the People read the it.
3: read was great, but there's one important fact that was left out. You got to go to GimmeTheHotSauce.com. Exactly. That's that's important to include. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna rewrite uh, yeah, on the next, uh, well, next. Hold on, version. hold on. Let
0: there's, them bring it there's, home there's, with uh, use the uh, code. Use the
3: code, Eric. it's read the use code. No, I no, already, he read I that, but read but, that. but you t- got it. The first step is you got to go to gimmethehotsauce dot com, well, guys. Get, get, but it's not your fault. Though.
2: Yeah, it's no, not your fault. Bad copy. It's go not, to gimme the dot com. There you
3: go. It's okay. okay. you still fired hot sauce for all your fired. hot sauce needs. You're yeah. Still
1: fired. I know your mom's saying he did a good job. She's like, that's my baby. Get read it. Oh, that's my baby. Well, Lisa, he's been fired. Sorry, I tell you that he's been fired.
3: I thought he did great. Hey, let's <laughs> let's talk some baseball because we're getting ready to start the second half of the season and it looked for a while, like there wasn't going to be much to be interested here in Chicago, but. Well, let's first things first. Let's talk about the All-Star game, which uh, was played a couple of days ago, which turned into kind of a snooze fest. At one point, American League pitchers retired 20 straight National League hitters. And we were talking about this in our production meeting, the fact that it used to be these games were exciting. You'd see tape measure home runs. You'd see guys stealing bases. It was a lot of fun. Now the pitchers, Stacey, are so dominant, nobody get a hit. Listen,
1: not too long ago, the chicks were digging the long ball. That's right. Okay. <laughs> but now you're not seeing the long ball. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, other than the Yankees, if unless you want to put the Yankees in the all-star game, they're the only ones really smashing the ball. But it, it's gotten boring and the pitchers are so dominant now. We 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 might need to make that call to Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and said, Hey, we might need a little <laughs> of that magic. We need a little <laughs> of that magic juice that or that what is that, Barry Bonds use the clear?
2: <laughs> yeah that's rubbed, right. rubbed yeah rub
1: the old clear on the cheeks i don't know <laughs> we, we need to bring it back it's not it's not it's not fun anymore no, it's not it's boring it's boring i mean Velical. you know i mean <laughs> I, I don't know mark i don't know how you make the game exciting um you know i, I don't know how you can you know up it up a little bit but people want to see home runs in all-star games, just like people want to see the basketball game. They want to see dunks and high scoring yeah. in football. They want to see, you know, touchdowns and celebrations in the end zone and, you know, in baseball is
3: <sighs> you know, the all-star game used to be one of my favorite events. I look forward to that all summer. That was like the highlight of the summer was watching baseball's best players. Cause they didn't have interleague play back then. So it was American league against the national league wherever your allegiance was in your particular city. I used to love the All-Star game. They've taken all the fun out of it now to the point where people get more excited about Home Run Derby on Monday than the game itself because the game, the game has been boring. Well, Mark had a really exciting childhood.
1: He was, all looking, for, he was <laughs> looking forward to the All-Star game. Wow. I was, I was like, oh, wow, I, I never even really paid attention.
3: I love the All-Star. I'll tell you a story. When I was in, when I was in <laughs> high school... <laughs> when i was in high school i was an usher at uh, milwaukee county stadium and so they had the all-star oh. game in milwaukee so i'm thinking oh, this is gonna be great i'm gonna get paid i'm gonna watch the all-star game you know get the people to their seats and so they decided in their infinite wisdom they put me milwaukee county stadium was a terrible facility oh you know, it was just terrible. one of those old things was with terrible. beams and yeah, poles everywhere Poles
1: so, everywhere you couldn't even see half so the, they game decided the outside
3: i was underneath the upper deck trying to get people to, to get to their seats i couldn't see the field and I'm like, this is great. So looking forward <laughs> to the All Star game in my hometown. I'm sitting in a chair with, uh, you know, the grandstand covering my view. It was yeah, fantastic. You know, Mark,
0: but now that you brought that up, are you a little disappointed that they banned the guy from throwing peanuts now? The vendor, a 40 year vendor, can't yeah, throw I peanuts anymore. Yeah, I'm a little, at little disappointed at that. I really? That was a true at, pro. At, at the Milwaukee game? That's a real no, skill. No, 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 in Chicago here.
1: Ah. Oh. It's forty years name. of tossing peanuts. You know what? That's like thirty and? years
3: of
0: abuse. That's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hey, forty come years. Come on, man! Really,
1: they banned the guy from throwing peanuts? Yeah,
0: he's been tossing for forty years.
1: Oh man! Come
0: and on, they're showing his some. skills on uh, some highlights. Yeah. I mean, the guy is remarkable. Quite frankly,
1: the Cubs did this. Yes. That's why they're last place. Banned. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> yeah. Banned. Yeah, you're cutting all the fun out of the out of the games. How about the, the, the time when they were doing the Cup Train? Did you remember they were doing? it? Oh yeah, that yeah. was pretty
3: sweet. Broke that up too. And this guy comes over there and karate chops it and knocks. <laughs> man,
1: he should have got his ass whooped on ESPN. Dude, we have, I, it took us all this way to build this train, and then some dude with you know with tight khaki pants and a and a, and a red polo shirt comes in and knocks it over, <laughs> cr- kicks it. I mean, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like they're having fun. Let the people have fun. They're not doing anything. They're not showering beer on people. They're they're having fun. The team is losing. Yeah. Let him have some fun, man. That's all we got. He should have got the beat down. He should have got beat down.
3: Yeah, and August 2nd is the trade deadline in baseball, which means Wilson Contreras and several other Cubs will be headed out of town. How can they do this with all the money they're pulling in at Wrigley Field? (sighs)
1: They're going back to the old days, Mark.
3: They think they're the black guys. Hey, let me tell you. Oh, that's a whole other story, hey. man, oh man. Mark,
1: they're going back to the old days where they, when they had uh, Soriano and all these guys, and they said, "Hey, we got this superstar player, but we're not winning." And they had no talent around them. They're
3: going back to that days, Mark. It's going to be a long a, second half the on Cubs, the north side. The Cubs yeah.
1: people are going to come out and watch the Cubs because they are they're hist, you know the historical team. People who come from out of they town. they like the bars and the restaurants. The, yes, exactly. The and the yeah. people who come from out of town want to go see Cub games. That's all, anybody coming from my hometown Oklahoma or my state Oklahoma. They, they say, hey, "Man, I got to catch the Cubs game. I got to catch the Cubs game." Like, yeah, they sucks. can pay. They can pay Go
3: to the south side, baby. They can pay seven hundred fifty dollars for a room at the Zachary Hotel across the street. Seven
1: hundred fifty dollars a night. Man, you better get me a Red Roof in.
3: <laughs> no I don't think or. they got any of those. You know, they need to build. find one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 750 a night? Something like that, yeah.
1: Man.
3: Man. <laughs> and they're not winning either? Stacey will take two rooms. Man. And they're not winning either.
1: Now it was If you had the World Series Cubs, I can see right. that. You charging 750 in in the way the economy is now and then in watching a bad team?
3: If you build it, they will come. Man, All the fans from man. Iowa. That's yeah, their summer vacation.
1: If you build it, you can burn it too for $750 a night. Are you out your mind? Oh, and, they,
3: and they got the Cubs and the Reds in the Field of Dreams game coming up in a couple what? of weeks. How could you come up with that matchup? Man. What a dream. Let me tell you, they're they're gonna gonna it's come a through nightmare. The, they're going to come through the corn and people will be throwing tomatoes no. at and stuff. No, they're going to come through the
1: corn and Shoeless Joe Jackson and all the ghosts are going to pull them back into the corn and say, get your ass back in here. You don't deserve to play here. We need two
3: real teams we, here. We need some real <laughs>
1: teams. Go get me Mike Trout. That's give me, right. some, give me, give me the give Yankees. Me some real give me some Yankees. Is going to hit home runs. Remember last
3: year's game with Tim
4: Anderson at that walk off in the corner field. That oh, was yes. fantastic.
1: That was that was a great presentation. He yeah. had Kevin Costner out there. He was you know narrating it. it was awesome. Everybody coming out the coin. It looked like it looked like a movie production.
3: Now you got the A Cubs against the Reds, the worst team in the baseball. Listen,
1: Cub fans, I know you out there. And I know you hear me right now. You hear Markover slanting your team. <laughs>
0: You know? <laughs> it's a battle.
1: <laughs> hey, listen, Cup fans. I'm, yeah, I'm a Cup uh, fan. Okay, listen, I'm sympathizing with you right now. Okay, okay, they shouldn't be in the field. drinking. that Stop it! Stop it! Is there a petition? Assist? We can get another team in there before it's too late.
4: You know, yeah, like you a, you know, it, you know yeah. like you know how on ESPN you when you have flexed, an NBA game, flex the game, flex yeah, game. Yeah. So you
1: have you know, a team will get ready to play and say, oh yeah, we, we got, got no, so no. and so on, we got somebody else. You know, oh we're gonna change that. <laughs> you guys suck. We're gonna put another team in there now. You guys are gonna go on ESPN six. No one's difference. watching ESPN
3: six. How about the Yankees and the Dodgers? That might be an idea.
1: Yes, get a winning team, get the numbers up all the time. Yeah. I mean, if you're not winning, oh, man, I'm sorry. Just like those games, you know, the, when they do that, uh, the pond, the hockey games. Right. Man, put right. the best teams out there. They don't put no teams out there that's not winning under 500. Guys are guys out there can't not scoring no goals, ain't doing nothing, getting beat twenty to nothing. Oh,
0: and the most expensive vendors in National League is the Cubs.
3: Yeah, so you also spend
0: the most. Oh, yeah, I
3: saw. I saw a survey. It's the second highest fan experience for four tickets, four hot dogs, <laughs> hot. And a couple of beers. Yeah. yeah
0: so Didn't we really? want to trademark that uh, ten years ago? We socialize on north side, play baseball on the south side.
3: Hey, they're playing baseball on the south side. They won five out of six. Right. They got the Guardians coming, coming in town, and only three games out of first. Stacey's got rocking the Sox yes, hat. Yes. They
1: got a chance to win the division again. You know what? I told you. Told you, Mark. Oh, now, now he's back <laughs> on the wagon. <laughs>
3: Mark, bandwagon. Mark I, I, told I told you. you. Nostradamus. Because oh. he's, not, he's not on the wagon. He's on listen, the bandwagon. Listen,
1: I told you people. Once they got healthy, once they got healthy, they got, they got too many good players They're starting to get healthy. And I think Tony Larusa is not falling asleep. And they're, they're moving the ball. They're hitting the ball. The pitching's good. They got a shot. Are you saying they got a chance? They held. Yes, they do.
0: What, only uh, two games now? Three, three games up. Oh, Weren't you listening? Where you I just said, said that. Oh, yeah. geez, I'm come sorry. On, man. Pay attention. Jeez. Now, how do you sleep with the lights sorry. on? Sorry, I was like Tony Larusa. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to a Sox game pretty soon. Nice. You know Did what? You're going to call a game again this year?
0: Jeez, I wonder if we're invited, Mark.
1: First of all, listen, you know, hey, come on. You know, if I get a sweet you know you're coming. Oh, come on. Okay. You know, just, just know, White Sox, White Sox, take care of me. Yeah. Okay. America. The Cubs, you know. America. You know, the White Sox Southside takes care of you, boy. Anytime yeah. I want to come to a White Sox game, Jerry sets it out for me, and it's awesome. Sweet. Right, sweet. We got the the, the, the dessert the cart and all mm-hmm. that stuff comes in. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right? So, White Sox, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm coming out there
3: pretty soon. <laughs> all right. All right. So he's, bringing, he's bringing the whole gang out there. <laughs> i
1: bringing the whole game, the hot game sauce crew. out there, the whole hot sauce crew. It'll be hey. a hot sauce party.
0: Hey, your son heard it.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> wow. A man a few words. That, that seemed like a whispers line yeah,
3: right there. Exactly. Just yeah. like Whispers. Just like Whispers. <laughs> we'll hold you to that. Hey, we got another great sponsor we am going to tell you about Whispers. This is a new and improved yes. Angel Water ad. Let's let's give oh, this you, whispers. Now, oh, shoot, let me now really the hit this because here. last week I did it and Stacy said you didn't fall asleep during no, it. No, I didn't. Yeah. So see what you can do with this. This is a new copy. Wow. Approved by our folks at Angel Water. It's really good stuff. <sighs> oh jeez. And and we've got the product here too. Yeah, I've already water. fell
1: asleep and you didn't even, even started reading it yet. This. this is
0: great. <laughs> Listen up, Bulls Nation. We want to make water healthier for your home and family. There you go. So look no further yes. than our favorite new water here in the Hot Sauce Studios, Angel Water. This company is on She'll a mission like to provide water free yes. toxins, chemicals that cause long term damage to your health. We thank them for providing yes, the, the hot sauce team with more than enough H2O. That's high-quality H2O. At,
3: at least they, they keep cool. Eric's opened the bottle, so yes.
1: that's, good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I drank my, somebody
3: took my bottle off. That's
0: yeah. 847-382-7800.
3: No, no, do it again, because I, I talked over that. Yeah, great, oh, great. oh, yeah.
0: Well, the hot sauce team with more than enough H2O to keep cool. Yes, Stay idea. hydrated all year long.
3: No, the phone number, Tim. Come on.
0: <laughs> well, it wasn't even on here. So oh, I, uh, they, there's no phone they, number
3: you, you ad-libbing the phone number? That's I, 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 I actually do. know it because I have to All call. Right, it. Right, yeah, just call. All Anderson. right, Crew. Yeah, we need, yeah, we need the phone number. Yes, 847 382 And use
0: King 21 for a free water test. Or
1: you can call one 800 chief chief little Legs, And tell them Tim sent you. Wow. Oh, that's they don't beautiful. know who Chief Little Legs is. That's there the owner. Go. That's the owner of Angel Watersoft. That's
0: right. So, uh,
1: wow. Okay. So well, we're brutal here, man. Yeah. We're over here killing and our
3: sponsors. We're losing all our sponsors. Hey so, Mark, these are all oh, childhood man. friends. Hey Mark, Mark.
0: that's why Stacy was in the running for a fan favorite of all time with the Bulls.
3: I didn't see him on the papers that you gave me. <sighs> yeah. yeah so
0: so they did this bracket. Who's they? Uh, that would be Bulls Nation combined with ESPN to find out who is the all-time fan favorite of the Bulls. Okay. So they did these brackets, throwing a bunch of favorite players in there, even if they had one season. Like they've been given the
3: graphics to our hot sauce crew, and the people. Yeah, no, no. That, th-
0: yeah. This came up late in the day. It just oh, popped up yeah. on my radar. I was like, dang. <laughs> just like but, ad-libbing but,
3: the phone number of Angel Water. But
0: because <laughs> Stacey King lost uh, last night in his bidding, I was a little upset. So who won? Who won? Uh, there's not a winner yet, but it's coming down to it. <laughs> but Stace just lost to uh, Zach Levine, which is... Uh, oh, so we went head-to-head? Head? Yes. Was,
1: that's not fair. It's that
3: right.
0: down the, I
1: should have been on the other side.
0: It's on the quarterfinals here. It's terrible. Kirk Heinrich beat Alex Caruso. So it's now we're coming down to Kirk and Zach. And uh, uh, I, 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 I Taj beat out uh, Nate Robinson. I
1: question the validity of this. And now we're,
0: we're down in the finals here.
1: Listen, so it's here America. America. First of all, <laughs> this is an... Imp- posture of a type of poll first of all
3: i think he made it up let me tell you something i
1: I got voted america i got voted as one of the 10 sexiest men in montana how in the hell can i not be in the number one
3: uh on this vote over here? well you
0: are the black brad pitt
3: i am the black brad pitt when
1: you get the top 10 in montana that says something mark
3: that's right says something and whispers got voted off northerly island that's true (laughs) whispers is on shark week this week and he's
1: gonna go diving with sharks and and I'm the gonna hook in my mouth. I'm gonna push him in, and I'm gonna cut him, and I'm gonna throw him <laughs> in the water where the great whites are. That'll be a great shark week. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Whispers getting thrown in the water, bleeding. Larry What'd the Lobster. Do? He'd be like, "What did you do that for, Stakes?" I'm like, "Let's just bring up ratings."
0: I forgot to say, Mark. <laughs> what sharks don't eat lobsters?
3: <laughs> oh, this is oh. You yeah. were in Phoenix last week, so yeah, I'm you were a little were torched. Of, yeah. yeah, little, little, yeah. little, red.
0: I was just I think, running to the car. I mean, yeah.
1: Hey, hey, buddy. I mean, I'm looking at. It's about as red as my shirt
0: yeah it's not good
3: man hey before we get out of here uh what, what what'd you think of the uh the whole eddie olchick episode you brought you oh. mentioned the, the uh, blackhawks earlier oh. a lot a lot of talking back and forth that it was a mutual decision but you know how that works stacy oh,
1: I, I tell you what first is you know listen when i kind of guys leave you know neil funk you know uh pat foley, pat foley left yeah. i mean that's an end of an era you know you know harry Carey. Hawk Harrelson, those guys are all gone now. And so new people have to fill those shoes and those guys at at one point will be legends. But Eddie Olchek, man, is one of the best analysts, not just in hockey, but in all the sports. Like I I don't even, I'm an American. I'm not even a hockey fan except for the fights. I love the fights. Like I love love to see people getting beat up. Okay. Um, You know, so, so, but, but Eddie Olchek has me, when I listen to him call a game, I actually listen and understand the game. He makes it that Mm. easy. Um, And he's a great guy. I've known Eddie since our kids played baseball together in in Buffalo Grove Park District. So I've known him, you know, for 25 plus years. Great guy. Great family guy. uh, Battled, you know, cancer. Was able stage three. You know, was able to fight through that uh, and and get back to where he, he was before. And to see him... You know he should he should leave on his own terms basically that's what I think I think when you're that iconic to an, an organization a franchise you leave on your own terms if you say hey look I'm I want to leave I'm retiring I'm done that's one thing but he's still going to be working for NBC he's still going to be doing the horse racing thing um, I did it just it just caught me off guard Mark to realize he's going to I think he's going to Seattle
3: yeah his brother his brother is brother's assistant a gentleman,
1: gentleman. he's going to yeah. see a, oh, man it just that hurt man that hurt. That hurt. And I think it's going to be the same thing that happened. Remember when they didn't bring Pat Foley back? And yeah. Then it was such oh, yeah. an outcry from the fans that you know it was over contract dispute, I think. And then they had, they got such an outcry from the fans that they brought Pat Foley back. And I think you're going to see the same thing with Eddie Olchek. It doesn't matter who they bring in. I I understand they looked at some other players from former players, um, but there's something about Eddie, man, that, that separates him from all the other hockey analysts, man. He just, he's got that swag about him, man and you know, I mean, just, just an amazing, amazing guy.
0: I loved his donuts. Oh, wait, that was Stan Makita. <laughs> Jesus. What's what this guy he,
3: here, man? A nice heartfelt tribute. Dan, yes. And he ruined it. That. He yeah. ruined it. Oh, I'm just sorry. ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're see, like, see, Eric, you got to be careful. You say something, you know, yeah. you can comedian. slap back. Comedian, yeah. though, All right,
0: right, bring in Eddie Belfort. It's the same first name. Oh
3: and cornflakes hey we want to to thank all the people that have been following us on uh the twitch chat and uh twitch the twitch stream i should say and on youtube we appreciate you making your comments along the way and we had a poll that we put out yesterday we talked earlier in the show about the central division and the eastern conference where the bulls kind of fit in so we asked you where do you think the bulls will finish in the eastern conference last year 73 percent of you said they're going to finish one through four in that top four seed, which means home court advantage in the first round. The other 27% said they'll finish fifth or sixth. Your third option was they'll be in the play-in tournament. Nobody picked that, and that's that's good.
1: No, they shouldn't. I mean, this team, the expectations of this team is gonna be high this year. Everybody in the city should be excited. The players should be excited. You got a taste of the playoffs last year. You haven't been in six years. Um, You know, they had won 45 games last year. If they don't have these injuries, would have, could have, should have. If you have Lonzo Ball healthy, they beat Milwaukee in the first round. Knowing how that series played out with Chris Middleton getting hurt, um, I think they win game one, possibly game two. Uh, He makes that big of a difference in this team's play, controlling the pace, rebounding, defense, blocking shots, everything. Posting up on the post. So having him back healthy is going to be key. I, I watched him in the summer league, and I was trying to slow it down to see how he was walking. But then I see... I see, I see a wedding picture, you know, he's on, he's at IG on a wedding somebody was getting married. One of his best friends was wedding and he was out there grooving. So I, I looked at, I, looked, I mean, he was dancing. Like he was dancing, like dancing with the stars type dancing. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't look like a guy who has a bad knee. So I'm encouraged. I'm yeah. Encouraged. So I think he'll be back healthy. And I, I honestly believe that this team is going to win 50 plus games. And the goal right now is the next step up. Get past the first round, get a home court advantage, Get past the first round and then once you get to the second round, let the chips fly where they may.
3: I saw Patrick Williams at the Sky game yesterday. They've won five in a row, best record with yeah. WNBA. It's time, for, it's, time for, it's
1: time for the Gimme the Hot Sauce crew to go out there and make a visit and you support. Go. You know, we have, you know, we had Coach Wade here, mm-hmm. you know, we had Allie Quigley here. You know, they're they're friends of the program. You know, at least we can do. You know, I've been trying to get you guys to go the last three weeks, and you guys have turned me down. I've been wanting to go out there with a bad hip. Wow. Let's go out and support our team. And you guys, oh, we got a barbecue this week, we're going on the boat, we don't have time. Uh, Whispers is talking about he's you know, he's got to go nothing but lies, and, you know, nothing so, but lies, America. So, so Chicago Sky fans, <laughs> Stacey King is going to come out there and support because they got a chance to win it again. They do, they're back to back titles. And I'm not going to be one of those people that you know, jump on the bandwagon, I'm just going to show up at the finals, okay? Right. I'm sure up sometime
3: in the near future all right and tell the folks about how you got here today and how you and eric are getting home is eric still yes. getting a ride
1: back with you i don't know yeah it is no, no. No. i know his mother may still be, to be determined yeah i just texted his mother to come pick him up and, you know, <laughs> she's she's <laughs> in denver oh well, i guess that's a be long careful. commute I guess a I guess be Uber. <laughs> oh, oh. Where, give me the read man where's the read We're windy city go. limousine okay transporting <laughs> the king america, safely america the golden pipes are back Okay, the B and C team, the B and C team are off the mic. The A team is back. Are y'all ready for this? Windy City Limousine provides a championship service. Making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court presser of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time. Contact us at 866-94-WENDY. Again, that's 866 94
0: Wendy. That's the eighteen me. Yeah, what you think, Eric? Like it too? Windy
4: City Limousine.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, Whoa, <no>. wow.
4: <laughs> oh wow!
2: Oh wow! Oh, you got to ride dude. home? You hey, oh, got man!
4: Hey, the golden
1: pipes, baby. Hey, going out hey, strong. Hey, baby. It's in. It's in the DNA, baby. It's in the DNA.
4: Baby. It's how you finish.
3: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: We can never. You but you never can finish. I don't know how. I don't know how that is. sit right there, buddy.
3: Yep. Hey, we want to thank Jalen Brunson for joining Steven. us on episode 89 to give me the hot sauce. Stacey always brings you the best guests who knows may drop by the... Uh, Wait, we awesome
0: got to get Tom Aspinall on here after he wins this weekend, beating a former guest.
3: Who? Well, you want to explain the rest of it? Yeah. <laughs> it? The,
0: the up-and-coming uh, Irish heavyweight taking on uh, Blades. Oh, okay. Oh, you're talking about UFC this week? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Did you hear what he said on the news? What did he say? To the media, and they said, Could you explain this? And he explained it about teabagging. Oh, no. All right, let's not go there. <laughs>
1: no, no. He said he was going to teabag uh, Blades?
0: Yeah, and then the, uh, the guy goes, what, what is that? He goes, I'm going to get over his head and rock back and forth before the ref okay. whatever. And he okay. goes, hey, okay. yeah. and then the uh, media guy goes. we eating dinner. We hey.
3: apologize. Hey, hey,
0: I America. Kept that, hey, I kept that clean. America. And he said, thanks for clarifying yeah. that for America,
1: me. UFC <laughs> fans out there, that's not going to happen. Curtis Blades is going to destroy him.
4: Actually, I I agree.
1: Blades is a top four heavyweight in the UFC, okay? He's only lost to, like, championship caliber guys. Actually, he was beating
0: Lewis when he lost. Yeah, yeah.
1: Dude, there is no... This dude... Oh, man. And talking about teabagging somebody... That
0: was funny. When people want to be Conor McGregor, end up getting crushed.
1: Well, see, that's the problem. You got all these guys, you know, trying to mimic what Conor McGregor does. See, the difference is Conor McGregor sells tickets and sells, you know, pay-per-views. But he also goes out there and, and, and does the things that he predicts. Yeah, when he says he's gonna knock somebody out, when are you gonna knock him out? Probably the first round. And he goes out and knocks him out in the first round. When he said he's gonna beat Jose Aldo, and no one gave, gave him a chance. chance to win at all because that guy had won like ten years in a row. He's the longest reigning featherweight champion in the history of UFC. Not even
0: close to losing. Second round KO.
1: Second round KO. So everyone wants to beat Connor, and everybody talks about Connor, and you know they, they want to hate on him, and you know. Uh, but if it wasn't for Connor, the UFC might be under. They might not be the promotion that they are mm-hmm. now without him. You see guys now how he changed the game. You see guys now, Connor would come to a press conference. He'd come to the fight in a three piece suit. He'd be G'd up all the time. Go to the press conference. He's not wearing sweats. He's not wearing stuff. He's wearing shades. He's wearing, you know, Versace clothes. Now you got every fighter who goes to the press conference or even walking into fights dressed to impress. So that tells you the impact that guy had. He started
0: right? he started RPN.
1: Wait, Nikki, what are you doing over there?
0: Come on, man. Nate Diaz. Oh, done. man.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Can't, he, beat, he, he beat, he beat, even when he lost, he come beat Come on, man. Come on, man. He killed Nate Diaz.
0: Come on. Diaz got up like Frank, got Frank got, listen, and sound like Freddy that day that you, fight. Know,
1: you know what? Freddy, you know, every so often in America we have our our, our hot sauce crew in the back. They, you know, they have something good. to say. You know, one time it was Cisco talking about he wanted to hear the thong song. <laughs> Then we got Dangerous D, you know, Dangerous D, talking about, hey, you wanted to Kendra Lust, he didn't get to see her last time he was here, they weren't working at the time. We got Maddie talking about she's got boils cause it's too hot walking over to get Starbucks coffee. And then we happen to have Nikki Knuckles come on here talking about some bullshit about Conor McGregor losing to, you know, Nate. And then we got Maddie Ice out there, no one even knows if he speaks English, he's behind the glass, we never see him, but he's the guy that makes it, he's the guy that makes the, the, the social media go. So I'm giving Matt a shout out there, even though no one else in this room does. Does, okay that's how important these guys are to us but you know maddie with the boil she's gonna be all right we put a little <laughs> butter on it and so she's she's walking she's walking good now she's good america she's good she's good and uh nikki knuckles i tell you what man th- you know those are the kind of times you wish he had a dog collar so anytime oh. someone says something crazy like he just said nate diaz he's nate diaz is the greatest uh, nate shock his ass uh, like a little like uh, I'll break out of that kind of like he cement oh yeah, in his shoes. Listen, first of all, first of all, first of all, Nicky comes in with a new hairstyle. Didn't think I noticed. Okay. Don't think I didn't yeah. notice that, Nick. I see you, son. Trimming it him. up. He trimmed it up. Yeah, that I see him. Pretty. Like he's going into the Marines. So you, I see it. Oh, so you bought a lawnmower?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Three easy payments. <laughs> he,
1: he's over there. He's over there with his look. he got a little cute little hairstyle over there looking all cute. I wish we could see it, in America. He's he behind can the scenes. Yeah, I the camera. camera. Oh, there it is right man. there. There it is. See his fades? See, see how it blends in? That looks nice over there. It looks like Stevie Wonder cut it. But I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about that, America. Mark, we're off the trails. Mark, we're off the trails. Get us on so the track.
3: It. Hey, episode 89 was a lot of fun. Even though was. at the end of it, uh, we can't describe what happened there. want to thank oh, somebody everybody. Somebody just
1: said they want to see Maddie's boils. We can't show that right now, no, America. Oh, my God. We can't show that. You don't want to see that right now. You will not eat the rest of the night. Trust me on that one. Yeah, you don't want to see <laughs> it. No, we love Maddie. Maddie's our producer. She does a great job.
2: So, Eric, what'd you think? You have fun? I did. I wish I would have had more time to prepare, but... <laughs> Come on, man. You're a <laughs> there ain't king. Ain't no prepare- there ain't no, not no prepare for the You can uh, have fun. Yeah. Next no, time. No, it was fun. It was fun. All right.
4: My I first think you're time, under-
2: uh, listening to a full podcast, so I think I'll listen to the rest. Yes. Okay. Don't ask what for What an no, don't, ask for, don't ask for payment. He kind
3: of likes the hot sauce, and he might listen to another episode.
2: <laughs> no, I love the hot sauce. The, the oh, the, the okay, spicy yeah, ones spicy. The hot
1: one me. is too hot for
2: him. Yeah, okay. My endurance uh, Dangerous
1: right. D's over there talking about he he tried the hot sauce. Uh, he talking about it wasn't hot. Then he got his tongue burned. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Got blisters on his tongue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> boils. Yeah. Yeah. that boils on his tongue. <laughs> You know, he tried to say it wasn't from eating the hot sauce. <gasps> All
4: right. oh, we're oh. off the trail. Hey, oh. D, play, play the music. Play <laughs> yes, the music. Yes, Get us move. out of here. We're getting out wow. of here. It's comedy <laughs> hour, America. Mom, home safely. <laughs>